0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning
1: gardeners. Kind of a dreary looking day and may get some rain later. I sure hope so. For this week, I've only gotten about three quarters of an inch of rain. And... Uh, Fortunately, it was nice, slow drizzle. Uh, If you haven't looked out the window yet this morning, you may want to go check. Some places are really in heavy, heavy fog. Um, The weather conditions are perfect for it, and it is going to help lead to possibly more rain this afternoon. Now, That's great. We are so far behind in the amount of rain we need. And at the moment, we don't see storms coming. We don't see significant rainfall. Significant rainfall would be, oh, to pick up three inches a month for the next three or four months. That would be close to normal. That's a lot of rain for what we've been getting because we just don't have that quantity at the moment. Fortunately, the weather is cool. And if you notice the weather report, um, we don't show a freeze in the Austin area again. We may not freeze again, Uh, This year, kind of neat to say that, isn't it? Uh, It's possible, but mid-30s are what they're saying for a low. That's, That's fine temperatures. That'll work fine for the winter garden. Not freezing means if you covered stuff up, who knows? You could still be getting lots of veggies. Listen, I did an experiment about a week ago, I guess it was, right before we got that threat of a freeze. I got down to 32, so I went out and picked my bell peppers. Didn't matter what color they were. They're supposed to be red, and they were green. Some of them have, you know, a a little blush to them showing that they were starting to turn. And I try doing to those what I do to tomatoes. I put them in a bag, sealed it up so that um, as the peppers ripen, they produce something called ethylene gas. And ethylene gas is part of the ripening formula. So by sticking them in this bag and gaining more and more of this ethylene gas, I wanted to see if the peppers would turn red. I had several in there that didn't have a drop of red on them. They were solid green. So every couple of days, I'd open it up and I'd look in there and see what was going on. And I want to tell you, they did, in fact, turn red Off of the vine. However, (laughs) sorry, there's always a big, oh, but they softened. They weren't that thick-walled, crisp bell pepper that I was looking for. As a matter of fact, the last time I checked them, I was going to let them go a full week And the last time I checked them to see if they were doing okay, they were all almost solid red and mushy. I threw them all out. Would it have been better if I did it in the refrigerator to try to keep them crisp? Not sure. I may try that next year to see if I can get the bell peppers to ripen and turn red and still remain nice and crisp. Now, don't get me wrong. They definitely turned red. They were beautiful. Other than you pick them up and they were like, I don't know, wet paper towels. They were pretty nasty. So threw them out, didn't keep them. I still have peppers on my peppers, which I thought the freeze would have taken care of that. Still got a few. So maybe this time, since we're not freezing, they're staying out there. Good luck to them. But if we get close to a freeze again, and I still have peppers, I'll try that. I'll pull them, put them in a bag, and put them in the fridge so that hopefully they'll stay crisp. But... Um, it didn't work trying to keep them just on the counter. They, they basically started rotting. They were pretty red. Boy, they got a deep red color to them. But they weren't edible anymore. They were, ugh. Anyway, my experiment proved one thing, that they can turn red off of the vine but I gotta work on where I have them do it because obviously on the countertop they just get nasty. I gotta see if maybe I put them in the fridge so they stay crisp and they'll still turn red. We'll see if I can get any more off of them in the next little bit. Let's see, what else have we got going on? I still have tomatoes hanging. Yeah, I was really surprised. And you can look at the plant and you can see pink tomatoes. They're starting to turn red on the vine. They're not very big. They're they're a little smaller than what would be, quote, normal size. But they've been really tasty in salads and cooking and things like that. So I feel fortunate to still be... Picking tomatoes and being able to eat them. They look good. They have tasted really good. Um, Getting a long season out of them this year. Now, this is going to be a weird year. It'll kind of depend on how we do in terms of are we going to get are we going to get a freeze? And that I don't know how much to trust the weather report, but uh, they don't show one. Now now folks, of course, if you live out in the hill country, you probably have a different weather report than I get. But where I live, they're above 35 every morning. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good for those plants to continue producing for my winter garden. The freeze is the bad thing, but I don't apparently see a freeze yeah, I don't see a freeze in the future yet, at least where I live. You your mileage may vary. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. James, I see you there. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Let's go to the phone. This is James. James, what can I help you with?
2: Morning, Jeff. Uh, This is the time of the year where we usually uh, try to get the uh, peppers started to get them out of the way before the tomatoes start. And it's serranos, bell peppers, what we got here, jalapenos and chili tapines, And... I've been doing this for 30-plus years, and I've never had a situation like this. I've got 20-row germination trays, and everything's up about two inches or so, and there's not one bell pepper that came up from seed. Um, I got this seed from uh, a friend that does business with uh, Johnny Seed. And uh, I'm looking at the tray right now, and there's nothing. Uh, have you ever had that experience
1: of just total seed failure uh james my first question would be um how long have they been in the ground that you've been waiting for them to show up
2: uh let's see we uh, loaded those trays on
1: the the 12th of december so not quite just a little more than 10 days right
2: yeah the the hot rod serranos are up the jedi jalapenos are they're almost getting um the size we need to pull them out and put them in cell trays but there's not anything going on with the this is a king arthur variety
1: is have you ever heard of
2: anything like that happening
1: There can be be situations in which as they package the seed and transport it to various locations, it can experience environmental conditions, high heat or something in the truck, and that could damage the seeds. That's pretty rare, but not impossible. Um, Also, do you have any... uh, are you bringing these up on heat mats or just in the cell tray
2: oh they're on the uh, 2 foot by 4 foot heat mat under the led lights um that you know we do it like this every year um yeah wow. they're uh, the heat mat said it uh, looks like 80 degrees
1: wow okay You checked off all the boxes. I don't see a reason why they're not coming up. Now, consider consider taking the time off until the day after Christmas, simply because it's the holidays, okay? Those, what, we got three days. Those three days are not going to cripple you. However... At the end of those three days, if you still don't have any shoots coming up, consider uh, lifting out some of that soil to see if you can find the original seed in there. You may have to find more than one to see if it rotted, um, if it's discolored, if it just never did anything. You've got... You've got the conditions where these things should be popping up really quickly. I don't know why they're taking so long. Now, for what it's worth, uh, I started my bells inside, got them from, I, I think, territorial. But um, I got them, started them inside, and had the lights on them. And I remember them being 10-day-or-better starts. So it's possible, cross your fingers, give it another couple days, and see if they start popping up. If they don't, if you see no green after Christmas, um, kind of pick through that soil and see if you can find the original seed and see if it ever... <laughs> ever created a root tip
2: yeah that's going to be kind of tricky because um on those germination trays we put the uh sifted uh happy frog you sift it in a quarter inch screen Mm and then you cover up the seed with the vermiculite but i think i can dig around and and do as you say try to find um a seed or two and see what they look like
1: yeah James, you did everything that is so by the book. I mean, that sounds silly, but it really is. You've got a heat tray, you've got super good soil. All of your other ones are just thriving in the same conditions. It could it could be that it's just not kicking off fast enough this time. But I don't know. Okay. I, I called up
2: Johnny's the other day, and they're going to send me another pack, but I don't
1: – if they're not up by now,
2: I don't know, man.
1: Cross your fingers. The worst that can happen, the worst that can happen is they're all dead anyway, or they uh, none of them germinated, and you got to replace them. But you may want to look and see if something obvious is going on there. Maybe you have some kind of seed weevil that's digging them up and eating them.
2: No, there's there's no, no insects in these in these germination trays. Uh, and the seed, the way I load the trays is I I take a, a chopstick, put it in a little water, and then I pick up every individual seed. And yeah. space it about an inch apart in the germination tray. So I, I handle every seed that goes in there. And I didn't really notice anything, but they could have been dried out or, or the germ could have been killed by excessive heat like you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it would be unfortunate. Well, actually, the proper term for it would be it suck if that happened <laughs> to that one batch of seeds. But because everything else is going so well, you you may not have a choice. You may have to dig a couple up and see if anything's going on there. Like I said, maybe they're a tad slow this year. And I would just take the time off, enjoy the holiday, and tackle this the day after Christmas. And you may be pleasantly surprised that when you go out to look at them, hey, surprise, they're showing you green.
2: Okay, we've got a a room that's dedicated to uh, seed starting and, uh, you know, it's full of heat mats and and lamps. Mm -hmm. So they're all under the protection of the roof. So it's just uh, you got to go check your, your plant room so I can keep an eye on them.
1: Well, as you know, you're doing it with the conditions that everybody would recommend to get the seeds to germinate. If this particular okay, thanks bag, for taking my call. Yes, sir. If these seeds are bad, folks, you still have more than enough time to put in new seeds. I mean, we has got to get started early because this is production for him but if you're a gardener you're going to want to start these kind of seeds right after the first of the year now i started tomatoes last year um, first week of january and the problem i had was they were ready to transplant before the weather conditions were right to transplant them into the ground. So I had some pretty big tomatoes. That's, you're, you're kind of gambling there. You're looking for a target that works, that the idea being that right as the minute those seeds start and they reach the size to transplant into the garden, the weather is perfect for it and you get them out of there and get them growing. The weather is so unpredictable, sometimes you cross your fingers. Fortunately, none of the seeds that we generally use for things like our vegetables, none of them take all that long a time to germinate and start growing. Now I have a plant outside that I absolutely love called a purple lady slipper. Excuse me. That's not right. Pacheric Clematis is the Latin name for it. I think it's an absolutely beautiful flower. The seeds can take three years. To germinate so you got to have some patience to get this thing to grow from seed and all it would take would be one day during those three years will you inadvertently let the seed dry out and your time is wasted garden vegetables not a problem you can get those things started again and again and again in a short period of time Okay, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour. We're gonna break for the news. I'll catch everybody on the other side.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome
1: back everybody. Um, interesting day, rain this afternoon, that'd be fine. As much of it as we can get, that would be even better. We, I got a, like I said, I got an inch of rain last week. Took forever to get it. Probably, you know, an eighth of an inch at a time. I'll take it. Every drop of it is worth it. Every drop. Man, we need to have some more. How do we get that? Well, we don't. Now, they've been talking about how wetter than normal for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. If it's not raining right now, it's not wetter than normal. All right. So what we can do is remember, we don't need to water as much. We don't need to water as much. There is not as much of a demand on our plants because of temperature. Now, heavy winds will dry out the soil and your plants, but we've been okay there. But do not assume that, oh, it's winter, we don't have to do anything anymore. No, you still need to go out there and check and see if your plants need watering. How do you do that? You stick your finger in the dirt. That's the only way that works. Guaranteed to work. Those little meter thingies, don't trust them. Don't trust them. They don't last very long if they work at all. Now, keeping an eye on the water is really going to be critical. If we start getting rain, remember, remember, most of our garden, our turf, our trees, the stuff that's growing thrives on at least an inch of water per week. So if you're listening to the weather report and they said today you got half an inch of rain, okay. And a couple days later you get another half an inch of rain, okay, you don't need to water for at least a week, at least a week, if not longer. That's the target goal, an inch of water per week. And, of course, if you're watering, slow soak. You don't want it to run off, but you also, you don't want it to flood. A slow drizzle is excellent, excellent. You know, we're coming up at the end of the year, so that means seed starting time's coming up. This is a good time to get your seed starting if you're doing seed starting, to get your equipment together, wash out your trays. You could consider uh, misting them with vinegar, hydrogen peroxide. Rinse them really well. You don't want to carry any diseases over. You don't want to carry any diseases over to your new tray. And it would be best if you can get fresh seed starting mix, not something you used last time. You you could have picked up a disease and you're going to spread it to your new seeds. Personally, purely my choice. Uh, the week, at the first week of the year, January 1st through the 7th, whatever. I think that's a good time to start seeds. Now, I wound up having the seeds come up and get kind of big. A lot bigger than I expected and it still was too cold to plant them that's part of the problem there is no plant on this date you have to accommodate the plants if you go okay I need to plant them eight weeks after they show up okay so you plant your seeds The seeds pop through the soil and germinate. Eight weeks later, you've got this great-looking pepper or tomato, and you're like, okay, time to put it in the ground. Well, if eight weeks later it's freezing out, your tomato's going to die. Your peppers are not going to be happy at all. You have to check the temperature, check the weather, before you decide to put them out. There is no set date. There is a general guideline. When we get to this date, you should be thinking about it. You should start going out and looking at the weather reports before you decide you throw a plant in the ground, especially a garden plant like that. So keep an eye on those kind of things. I like to start uh, the seeds that first week of January because it's a slow time of the year. No holidays. You don't have lots of folks over and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Even your work schedule usually is relaxed at that period of time so that you can have the peace and quiet to sit down and start new seeds. I really recommend that you consider, if you're a tomato grower, okay, and you have favorite tomatoes that you always start, my personal are uh, Juliet and Sungold's. But I try to sneak in a variety I haven't tried. Last year was Zapotec pleated. It was supposed to be a nice meaty slicer tomato. It was a didn't produce any tomatoes. It's really disappointing. So won't be planting that one again. But I have picked up ones where, son of a gun, I hadn't tried it before and it had great performance. Experiment. There is nothing at all wrong with making a garden that is always the same plants every year. Remember, you can't plant them in the same place every year. You need to move them around called crop rotation and it's critical but you can continue to always do you know um black cream tomatoes mortgage lifter slicers uh black beauty zucchini bell peppers jalapenos whatever that's fine if that's what you're comfortable with great remember move them around They cannot go in the same place every year. You can't plant the same tomato in the same piece of ground. It will develop disease. But if you got time, maybe last year a particular plant didn't perform like you wanted it to, find a different version of that plant and try it. See if that does better. See if you get the return that you want from that plant. Tomatoes do that a lot. You may plant a tomato and it's like, "Eh, you know, that one just wasn't the best. And you get a different one that you don't even think about. And son of a gun, you get a great harvest of tomatoes. So experiment. This is the perfect time to do it. Starting plants by seed is the least expensive way to build your garden. And a seed tray is not expensive. its I don't think they're five bucks for a tray and the container that it sits in so it doesn't ruin your furniture. Try new seeds. If you have children, please try new seeds. Please try to do it by seed. Kids need to know where their food comes from. They will enjoy planting the seed, watching it come up, and harvesting the fruit from it. Get them hooked early. Get them to understand what it means to have a garden and what they get out of it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I got texted a question, and this is a good question. We need to think about it here a second. If you already planted your tulips and daffodil bulbs and irises, things like that, well, it ain't got cold yet, right? So what happens in February, which is, which is always the worst of the worst of days, uh, around here. It, if it's going to snow, it's going to happen in February. If we're going to have brutal cold uh, freezing or we're going to have ice storms, it's going to happen in February. It's just the way it is. The irony of it is it tends to happen on Valentine's Day. What's with that? Is Cupid mad at us or something? Makes no sense. But... If you've already stuck your bulbs in the ground, guess what? They'll be fine. They will be setting their roots. They will be building bigger corms and bulbs and things like that. And you'll see some green showing up. I've got a big patch of schoolhouse lilies. They're so, so many and so green, they look like grass. They'll be fine you may wind up, you may wind up freezing off the top of the uh, leaf. That's okay. That's okay. We don't freeze our soil around here. So it's very, very likely, very light unlikely that we're going to freeze the bulbs, you may lose a couple of least. No big deal. It'll put new ones on. And we don't know this year. This year, it could be 75 degrees in February because the weather has just gone crazy. But putting those bulbs in the ground, uh, there's a whole host of bulbs we would plant in September for them to come up in the spring. Bulbing crops are probably the most protected when it comes to freezes. So don't, don't worry about them if you've already got them in the ground. Okay. You're going to start seeing... I'm getting a lot of text on this one. You're going to start seeing brown spots in your turf. There are a lot of things that can cause the problem. The least likely cause is grubs, okay? If someone looks, points at the brown patch in your yard and says, you got grubs, make them show you one. Don't treat for grubs if they're not the problem. Now, a lot of things can cause an issue to brown your grass. One of them is if the soil remains moist. If the soil doesn't dry out a little bit once in a while, what will happen is the roots of the turf grass will be damaged because the biology, the bacteria, the fungi, all the good guys you need to convert nutrients to a form that the plant can take up are dead from constantly being in the water. They need oxygen just like anything else does. So look carefully at where your brown patches are and see, are they slopes? Are they places where water tends to drain to them and stay there? Are they low spots? Because the kind of rain we've been getting, probably keeping them wet. Number two, yes. St. Augustine gets a disease throughout Texas called Take All Root Rot. It has a really bizarre Latin name for it. Take All Root Rot is the easy one to remember. There is a product you can get called Actinovate. Your local independent nursery should carry it. You mix it with water put it in a sprayer and you spray the turf where it's bad. You can also improve it by getting a bag of compost and spreading it over the brown spot. By spreading it over the brown spot thin, half an inch thick is all. That will start to restore the turf in that area. The Actinovate helps defeat take all root rot. Those combinations will get you a green lawn back. Please don't go to the big box store and get a fungicide. They're pretty intense. You must follow the directions exactly. They may even have a time to return Meaning if you spray it, nobody can go into that part of the yard for two hours or twelve hours or one week. The fungicides that are available commercially, the conventional chemistries are pretty heavy duty. The actinovate has no time to return. You can spray it on you if you want, and it won't harm you. But it can be effective at getting rid of take-all root rot, if in fact that's what you have. But in the process of working on these brown spots, go through the checklist. Number one are the areas that are brown staying wet? Is it a slope? Is it a low spot? Is it on the shaded side of the house where the sun doesn't warm it up and evaporate the water? That is a really common way to get big brown spots in your turf. And no, that's not the disease brown spot. That's not what's causing the problem. If you're sure that, nope, that soil is getting to dry out, it's not staying overly wet, um, it is draining properly, then you can start looking at, let me try using the Actinovate to improve the turf. Let me get down some compost on top of those bad areas to help getting, getting them to brighten up again and turn green. These are the simple, proven solutions that will make things better. And they're not too hazardous, for lack of a better word. They're not so hazardous to you or the environment. Okay, this is a common question. I got hackberries showed up. That's common, folks. Thank the birds. That that is common. The hackberries appear out of nowhere, especially along fence lines. How do you get rid of them? First off, if you get to them the minute you can see them, and they're still small, the best answer is to pull them out of the soil. They will run a very big, strong, hairy root that keeps them attached to the ground. When they're small, you can get them pulled out. If they get bigger, like maybe bigger than an inch in diameter, and you cut them down, try to cut them flush, and I have no personal experience using this, so I have people tell me that it works well. They will sprinkle a heavy coat of Epsom salts over the uh, stub of the tree that you cut down. Remember to cut it as flush to the ground as you can, and then dump the Epsom salts right on top of that trunk. That can help wear it out, burn it out, and make it so they don't come back. But while they're small, the answer is to pull them out. If they get any bigger and you have to cut them back, try the Epsom salts to try to rot the tree stump out. I have no idea if that is successful. I have people tell me it is. I have never tried it myself. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Brad, I see you there. i got to take a break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side.